Thanks. Uh, the next session, I'm particularly thankful to Richard Blackman for coming. Uh, I think it will provide a quite a nice different angle on, on the topic of medical insurance or low-cost coverage. Um, Richard CV is in the agenda, um, but he's the founder of, of Day One Health and Doctor One Health. So over to Richard. Thanks. Good morning, everybody, and thank you very much, Alec. Um, I decided to take a slightly refreshing approach to this boring topic that's been going on for decades. It's time we actually put an end to it. And it's a very simple one, and I think we've all forgotten the fact that we are all human beings. And uh, the humanities do actually come into this equation. So I thought the, the topic is really a, a, all about medical insurance, and it's hard, very hard to talk about medical insurance without getting emotional because of the topic of demarcation. And really, this is an affordable means of widening the, the medical aid net, net and a brief reflection on moral philosophy that um, in, in understanding the need for change. I must admit, I do feel somewhat like a Tatar representative standing in front of a um, Jaguar uh, manufacturers convention <laughs> trying to explain, call to explain how is it that we manage to produce a Tata for under $1,000 um, and, and still make a profit and, and have been in existence for 13 years. Um, and, 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 but the, the, the quiet worry, of course, is this demarcation ruling that we know is imminent and is coming through, which could threaten. Uh, it's, it's really the Jaguar manufacturers are actually saying we are going to own the entire manufacturing turf. Um, um, so it's, it's really our way or the highway, and that obviously is, is, is a quiet threat to, to us as we've been doing this successfully for years um, in, in, in the most compliant and proper way. Um, and, and if one actually looks at the, the, the fundamental principles, um, which in, in 1998, um, when the, the Medical Schemes Act, the, the principles of open enrollment, community rating, cross-subsidization, let alone, um, obviously, prescribed minimum benefits that have been talked about. Those are fantastic uh, um, egalitarian principles um, enshrined in, in what is best for mankind if we are to produce a, 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 um, a product that, that really caters for everybody. And they, fall, they fit squarely in the utilitarian principles um, that um, uh, Jeremy Bentham, uh, he was the founder of utilitarianism, um, in, in the 18th and um, 19th century, um, which basically was, you know, the law of, of, of maxi maximizing utility. Um, um, and what, what's good for mankind surely has to be good uh, for those, for, for everybody. Um, and a fairly, um, a very broad-based um, uh, approach. Um, and that's clearly where medical schemes um, fit in in this equation. And and the, my source um, of, of this is none other than um, Michael Sandel, who, who's the professor of government at Harvard University. And, and, and he points out that in, in the sort of, um, you know, the cost-benefit analysis, which you as actuaries are, are do all the time, um, he, he pointed out a, a, a rather a recent incident 
in, 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 with Philip Morris in, in the Czech Republic, who, uh, where, where, where smoking is, a, is, a, is, is an acceptable um, social medium. Um, the, the government decided to implement, um, uh, thought they were going to implement a tax on, on smoking because of the effects it was having on healthcare. And, and Philip Morris did a, um, decided to do a cost-benefit analysis of the effect of healthcare versus the budget, and it turned out that actually um, it behoved the, the, the Czech Republic to really promote smoking because more people died um, at an early age, which, which lessened the burden on the state from a pension point of view, housing, um, etc. Need, need I say more? <laughs> um, obviously, um, uh, if um, um, Immanuel Kant was around, he, he, he was the father of, 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 of the principle of human rights that we know today. We talk about universal, uh, universal human rights, uh, universal health care, all emanate from from a, a pre-sort uh, of uh, French revolutionary um, philosopher and who, who, who recognized that if the dignity of mankind, we, we are dignified because we have the ability to reason. And be, because we have the ability to reason, that determines our free will and our free spirit, and, and therefore we are the most dignified human beings on, on, on planet Earth. And we need to be all treated with utmost respect. We have the right to life and we have the right to choice. Um, obviously, I, I don't want to, 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 to in any way preach to the converted um, in moving on to, to the facts about medical aid. We all know what those facts are, and, and, and my sympathy is, is such that there are certain principles that the state should actually be providing in terms of health care for the aged, um, for the very young and the sick, and that burden shouldn't be just pushed on the, the private sector, because the, the state is incapable of, of, of actually looking after the elderly. They actually are capable of looking after the elderly. It's a, a case of reorganizing and reshuffling the, um, 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 the, the resources that this country does have. Um, but, but in terms of affordability, um, um, I think one of the biggest issues here is is the, the lack of flexibility in the current um, medical schemes environment in, in that insurers are able to react on a monthly basis quickly. They can react by putting premiums up if there's an adverse loss ratio that they've, see, they've watched this trend and that they don't have to approach the financial services board and get um, permission to put a, a, a justifiable rate increase um, up. They've got to wait a year. Um, for the council uh, to make that decision as to what those rates can be. Each scheme independently has got to be um, 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 self-sustainable. Um, and, and um, you know, that, that is fairly uh, restrictive in terms of reacting to, to, to immediate um, uh, market needs and, and requirements. Um, we don't have to harbor on about the unfairness of prescribed minimum benefits um, simply because, you know, it does create this, this um, scenario where a service provider can really rip the ring out of it. And, and it goes back to Immanuel Kant in, 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 in what he said. Um, you know, we all give ourselves, we all have a, a, a law that we give ourselves, ultimately. And, and, and people react out of duty for certain instances. 
And you could quite easily uh, um, put an argument for an anaesthetist um, charging normal rates, even in a life-threatening scenario, um, simply because he's doing that out of duty, uh, without contemplating that actually he could have charged more, and that action would have moral worth. And unfortunately, this environment has created a scenario where, where it's encouraging service providers to over-abuse. Uh, and over-utilize um, um, uh, scarce resources that we, 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 we know are very scarce and, and ultimately lead to, to have led to, to medical schemes, sadly, becoming, having become unaffordable. Um, the, 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 the basic facts, and, and look, my stats are probably a year or two old, but, um, you know, basically CPI plus, plus four um, you know, the average medical aid contribution now probably costing 15% of, of, of your salary and projected in the next 10 years to be, what, 22%? Already, if you're a pensioner um, earning 5,000 rand a month, you're spending 23% of your salary. It's impossible on, on medical aid, um, which, which is obviously um, a, a, real, a real danger. And, and uh, you know, in the green paper of NHI, they, they pointed out this, this very fact, um, the, 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 the high costs linked to, to high service tariffs, pro, service provider tariffs, induced utilization of services and, and the continued over-servicing of patients on a fee-for-service basis will clearly result in the private sector not being able to be sustainable in the medium to long run. We, we've got a two-tier health, health system here. We all know that. There's the public sector and the private sector. The sad thing is the public sector's got 37,000 hospitals. The private sector's got 47,000 hospitals chasing about 42 million versus the private sector that have got 37,000, 8.3 million odd people. The, the joke is the out-of-pocket expenditure is happening in the private facilities, not in the public facilities because they don't really, I mean, you only have to read the press. Uh, to see the state of, of, of health of, of, of the state facility. It doesn't have to be that way, but it, sadly it has. It's got there. This is really a comparison between, um, if you're going back to the, the Jaguar Tata analysis, this is, this is really an analysis of Tata versus, versus Jaguar. Um, and and, and what, are, what are the actual, um, what are the safety features? Um, um, we all know that a medical aid has significant safety features, and they are good safety features. Um, but those safety features cost money. Um, the, the insurance uh, safety features um, are, well, put it this way. We, 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 we restrict our benefits to a lump sum. We don't need to get exemption on, on those benefits. We define what they are. We state what they are. Um, we pay ben benefits up to that sum. We, we, we don't have to community, community rate. We, we can risk rate. We can impose waiting periods um, if need be. Um, and we certainly are not encumbered with paying unlimited money for um, prescribed minimum benefits. We've obviously got greater flexibility in our design um, and, and we can um, literally um, click and select a dread disease policy, a disability policy, and, and we can bundle a package that, that suits the, 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 the needs of the client. 
Um, obviously, you don't get this in America, um, a medical aid environment, um, and um, um, for reasons that, that we've already um, earlier and now already discussed. Um, um, and, um, you know, obviously, medical aids have open enrollment, which means, sadly, for medical aids, they have to take on everybody, which has a huge impact on price at the end of the day. Whereas what I'm saying is the state, at a certain level, should get involved. I don't think this slide needs much uh, introduction. Um, all I know is, in treating customers fairly, I certainly know which one of those plans I would select. Um, if there are so many safety features in a medical scheme, there must be a way, surely, of simplifying that. But that is a sad indictment to where this industry has, is going, you know, what's happened to this industry. It, it's something seriously long. You, you need more than a matric to understand um, the, the Jaguar um, brochure. Now we talk about the threshold debate. And this is a case of, again, um, what I'm saying, and I'm being controversial in the, in the, in the, in the salaries that, I've been, that I'm suggesting here, because clearly they both are medical aid salaries in, in the greater debate. But they are representative of a family of four people, um, a mother and a father and two children. And you'll see even um, in, the, in the Jaguar column um, that it's a great struggle to actually um, be on, 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 on benefits um, when you're earning a, a family side, a, you know, a income of 80,000 rand a month. You have got private schools to consider because your state schools don't really have books anymore. Um, and those are only primary health care, uh, pri um, 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 sort of uh, private schools that are mentioned. You've obviously got life insurance. Um, and you've got a motor car, you've got two motor cars that you can support there, and they're not very extravagant motor cars. Um, you've got living expenses. Naturally, you have medical aid. Um, um, your medical aid could be a lot more exp expensive than 6,500 for four people. Um, you've got life insurance considerations, and you've got household and motor insurance. And at the end of the day, you've basically got, apart from your meager disposable income of 10,900 rand after expenses, you, you haven't got much room for, for if something goes wrong. A couple with earning 20,000 rand a month, well, all I can say to you, uh, Jaguar manufacturers, you're really going to have to produce a cheap Jaguar. Because, um, you know, with, with, with living expenses today, um, in, in that scenario, you're left with a meager 500 rand um, to, to, give, to cover healthcare. And bearing in mind, we're talking about levels way below this, possibly between seven and 12,000. And that's even been considered possibly in certain circumstances as medical aid or Jaguar turf, um, which, which obviously um, is, is not, in my opinion, is, is morally not right. Hybrid products were developed um, um, by ourselves um, out of a need 13-odd years ago when it was realized that even then medical aid had become unaffordable. And it, it was a case of, well, let's combine a, a legitimate uh, doctor um, uh, sort of primary health care benefit, which we in those days sourced from very prominent existing providers, 
um, where we bought that benefit, bundled it with a stated benefit um, hospital plan, um, um, obviously aimed at groups uh, at group level because groups uh, were prepared to pay something but they couldn't afford um, medical schemes. Um, and um, we, here we are still today um, with, with, you know, we, we, we're still around. Um, um, what we did at the time, once we, we left service providers a little bit down the line, we, we, we approached the Council of Medical Schemes to get accreditation and we were very pleased they actually gave us exemption because the Act didn't provide um, for an insurance-based product to, to get accreditation as a managed care company because the underlying product wasn't a medical aid, it was an insurance product. So we got, we got exemption, but we did it the right way to, to make quite sure that the council were aware of what we were doing. Um, obviously, um, the, the Finmark Trust in, 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 in 2013 did an interesting study. Um, it, it, it worked out that about possibly two and a half million people are on, on hospital cash plans. But whilst those cash plans play a role in, in, in supporting income, uh, income protectors, they, they don't really help you when it comes to private hospitalization. They're gonna pay for your food and your accommodation, but they will not get you into a private hospital. And it was felt that we had to do something slightly more. Um, and yes, absolutely knowing that we were sailing close to the wind. Um, our product has never been designed to replace medical aid. It's actually been there to draw people into the industry um, and, 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 and absolutely promote upwards. Um, it's there for in, out of desperation for people who don't have access to private health care. Um, and it, it was only yesterday at lunch with, 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 with um, a very high-profile individual, fairly, fairly old chap, Englishman, who, who is well known in financial services. And, he, and I said to him, but, but why are you limping? And he said, because I can't afford, I'm not on medical aid. Um, he was an, he's an Englishman. And I can't afford 154,000 rand um, uh, to, for a new knee, knee op. Um, so I'm, I'm on, on the list, state list for Joburg Gen, um, um, 3rd of August, 2016. And I, and I shook his hand and I said, look, you know, if there's anything we can do to help, but thank you, I'm really sorry to hear that. But that's what we're forgetting, ladies and gentlemen, is the dire and desperate need for healthcare and for affordable healthcare um, in this country. Our day-to-day -day doctor plans are very similar to the plans that have been alluded to earlier. Um, they give unlimited um, primary health care benefits, uh, unlimited but managed. We do manage uh, uh, those benefits um, at a certain point when we see there's utilization that is, that is, that is excessive. An SMS is sent to the client to, to let him know that the next visit he needs to phone in for pre-authorization. And that certainly uh, helps to slow down the, 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 the abuse of, of, um, of doctors' consultations. We've been supplying these benefits for years now without an, uh, uh, um, we only slightly put a, 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 an increase up in, in 2015 from 226 Rand to 240 Rand on primary healthcare for an individual. Um, and we, we haven't had a need to, to, to um, um, increase these premiums on the basis that our, our book, we, we, we obviously have been targeting groups more than individuals, but even with individuals, we, we very quickly are able to discern who's bad and who's good through proper management behind the scenes. 
Um, and we have a network. One doctor has a network of now 1,434 um, providers. Um, uh, 488 are, are dentists. Um, and we, we, we manage those doctors in much the same way that Discovery would manage them, you know, in identically the same way. We've got to make quite sure that they, we pay them correctly. We, 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 in most cases, do follow Discovery in terms of tariff of what we'll pay that doctor, um, in terms of fee-for-service, and where we can, we put those doctors on a capitation program, which, which means that the doctor is guaranteed his money before the patient arrives um, in, 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 in his rooms. And obviously, we incentivize the doctor by, by um, channeling membership uh, to, that, to those doctors' practices to make sure that uh, on Wednesdays and Thursdays, they treat our patients, um, if you know what I'm saying, because these doctors' practices will treat all patients. Um, but obviously, we're paying a slightly lower tariff. Um, the, the, yeah, uh, I'm going backwards. Obviously, the allied services are, um, we'll, we'll offer, in, in addition to doctors and dental visits, um, we'll, uh, and medication and acute medication and chronic medication, we'll offer basic pathology and basic radio radiology, um, obviously via the doctor's rooms um, to a designated provider behind the scenes. On the hospital plan side, um, we, we, we really are catering for the unexpected, but uh, we're giving funding, um, which is a combination of hospital cash, um, where we'll pay up to six and a half on the first day, up to four and a half on the second, up to four and a half on the third. If you're still in hospital there after 1,500 Rand, um, it's subject to pre-authorization. If for some reason your benefits, um, uh, your, your hospital stay exceeds the, the amount, um, there is a top-up benefit um, that, that, you, that you have access to, which is available annually. Um, we give you um, a... Uh, we, 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 we throw an accident benefit in, in, into this plan where if you have any form of injury, we'll pay up to 150,000 or a family up to 300,000. Um, we, we, we bundle a dread disease policy in there, paying up to 250,000 rand per annum. Um, and obviously, we will, in certain cases, we'll throw in funeral benefits. It's powered by ER24, so it, it operates similarly to medical aid in that you phone for pre-authorization but at least you've got some access, or not some access, you've got access actually to very good benefits to cater for 70% of what might happen to you. That other 30%, sadly, we don't cover, but with respect to the Jaguar manufacturers, they don't cover them either, and hence the need for gap cover to fill those, those, those gaps. Um, obviously, and, and our, you know, our premiums and our claims are significantly cheaper because we don't have... The, we're not encumbered by, by those restrictions of, of the council. Um, and, uh, um, you know, open enrollment is something that we, we only allow on group, uh, on group level, we will, we will take on anybody. But on an individual, he has to conform with, to an age band before we'll take him on. We've never, ever once asked an elderly person to come off our, off our benefits. It would be morally wrong to do that. Um, but at the end of the day, um, I, th I think our actuaries and some of them are in this room who, who've looked at our book in a recent exercise um, proved that, that our, our hospital premiums or our hospital claims 
um, uh, uh, um, the, the, per, the per capita cost is something like 33 rand per capita as opposed to 247 rand in a medical, low, low cost medical scheme environment. Now that, that's seven times more. I mean, that, were we to convert to a medical scheme, we would, we would lose all our members because we wouldn't be able to afford, uh, justify that increase. Um, and obviously that's prior to any exemptions being given. On the primary healthcare side, equally, because of perhaps more anti-selection and buy-downs, it was worked out that, that our premiums would have to double. Um, would go up from about 100 rand to 200 rand in terms of claim, and, and you know, that, that's still significantly high. Obviously, we are aware that, that um, we can't, as a single voice and, and as a much smaller industry, um, just stand out there and perpetually um, fight demarcation. We must come to a sensible solution. There is a huge disease burden out there. People are dying and suffering. They don't have access to benefits. And the sensible uh, solution is a compromise. And we, 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 we were probably one of the very first, if not the first, insurance-based product to approach um, the Minister of Health, um, the, regu the regulator, Dr. Anban Pillay, which has led to, to, to a wonderful association with a, with a fairly prominent medical scheme right now in terms of, in fact, yesterday we, we submitted um, our, our application um, to, to the council um, in terms of a compromise as a low-income option. And, and I'm, I'm going to get to that slide now. And again, if I bring the analogy of Jaguar and Tata, um, what, 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 you know, the Jaguar, what we've decided is, is obviously the engine needs to be manufactured by Jaguar. And at, at this stage, Tata is still manufacturing the components. But, but probably the phase two part um, will, will end up in the medical scheme and the optional extras will be provide, provided by the insurer. But the compromise of this arrangement, ladies and gentlemen, is it's not as cheap as it can be. We have always looked for regulation on primary health care. The council legitimately could only give us exemption. Now that we're moving into a, we hope with their permission, into a more regulated environment, we're actually very comfortable with that. At the moment, these two are outside of the regulation, awaiting the outcome of demarcation. But I sincerely hope that what I've said today will have a bearing on, on the future drafters of this regulation. The issue of buy-ups and buy-downs is obviously a very sensitive one, and we would happily promote buy-ups into, into, um, into the medical scheme industry, because we do recognize that medical schemes do offer a better product. Jaguar is a better product than a Tata. It is safer to drive. The, in the interesting thing about that analogy, of course, you do know that Tata owns Jaguar, and there are more people that aspire now to, to buy Jaguars and, and I think it's Discoveries than, than Tatars. But, but Patrick Brescia made an interesting um, uh, observation in terms of the issue of, of, of compulsory buy-ups. And, and he said, because this is a sensitive thing, if, if the, if the, if the 8,000 Rand or 7,000 or 10,000 is given as, as, as the barrier, as the threshold, you might earn 8,000 or 9,000 and still not be able to afford um, um, medical aid. And rather than lose the member into, into oblivion because he can't afford to join the medical aid, 
um, provided he's subject to a means assessment for, uh, of the National Credit Act, he should have the right, damn it all, to elect to stay on the low income option simply because he cannot afford um, um, to drive a Jaguar. And in conclusion, um, I, I, I'm really probably going to read this, but basically both medical aids and medical insurance have a role to play in the provision of health benefits. Clearly, op, uh, persons with a marginal income have a categorical right, and that goes back to Kant, um, to choose between the two options. With 84% of the population, 42 million reliant on state provision of health services against a meager 4.2% of GB, GDP expenditure allocation for this sector, in comparison to 4.1% of GDP expenditure allocated to 16% of the population, which is obviously we know it's 8.3 million people in the private sector, clearly respect for humanity has to prevail over any interest group. In closing, I quote Professor Michael Sandel, Professor of Government at Harvard University, in his promotion of public politics of moral engagement. A more robust public engagement with our moral disagreements could provide a stronger, not weaker basis for mutual respect. A politics of moral engagement is not only more, not, not only more a more inspiring ideal than a politics of avoidance. It's also a more promising basis for a just society. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for an interesting perspective. Um, I, just on a, you know, just a, on a side, Tongani Kis, um, I want to implore you to never utter the words over abuse again, <laughs> as opposed to under abuse. Okay, thank you. Um, but um, I think perhaps on your statement that people have a right to choose the two options, I just want to ask, would that right extend to a 90-year-old? In the new environment, it would have to extend to a 90-year-old. Because, um, I, and I, I appreciate you say it's, um, it's morally wrong to take away cover for someone that ages, but I assume that that's a person that took up the cover at an earlier age. Um, as opposed to someone that knocks on your door, that 70 or 90 year old, you would refuse due to the risk rating. And I believe that that is in fact the factor that distinguishes in price. Um, and on that I would like to ask um, when uh, your guys compared your price with medical schemes, um, did you also look at the difference in average age for example? Our profile follows that very, of an of, of a average medical scheme. It, it's, it's got a mean. Um, it, its age profile is, is about 33 years of age. It's probably one year older than the profile of medical aid. Um, we don't, and, and maybe it's in our promotion and our groups, certainly because we, we, we're targeting to groups. You don't get too many 90-year-olds working in groups. They're mostly under 65s. So I think that's the only re reason why we... We, we don't actively target. On our website, we, we do pr have a senior plan, and it is priced, and we'll take on person at, at whatever age he wishes to join. We don't actively promote it, but if he hears about it, we'll take him on. He pays our premium. Thank you.
I have to declare that Alex didn't pay me to ask difficult questions. <laughs> um, I, I, the problem I have with um, most of these products is that being a, a, a company, a private company, you probably have to load some, <clears throat> some profit at some level. And if you, if you are only paying 70%, as you said, uh, it means that the 30% has to be covered elsewhere. So if, if the person doesn't have the financial means, it means it would have to be the state. Um, so you, it's easy to cleverly carve out the, the, the kind of problem, uh, uh, ben, problematic benefits and, and, and basically drop them to the state and cover those that you can comfortably cover and load profit on that. Because I can't see how um, you could pay or, or you, you could cost seven times less and, and, and still be able to offer very good cover if you have the same profile. I mean, I, I understand the, the fact that you target groups and groups do tend to, to be better, maybe 10% or so. But, but otherwise, the, the meds doesn't make sense for me unless you are really um, dropping a lot of what should legitimately be covered um, onto the state, which in my view is perhaps unfair. Well, I think that the, the, the opposite of that, I think it's very unfair that the state is expecting the private sector to pay for, for um, normal um, aspects of human life. We all get old and we all get sick. We do pay taxes after all. And, and those taxes should, should, an aspect of those taxes should go towards um, uh, um, uh, state hospitalization. It, it's very difficult for a medical scheme to, to take on a, an 80-year-old um, we heard uh, that, that an early way of anti-selection or, or dealing with anti-selection was to throw apps underneath the lift shaft. I mean, uh, medical schemes have got to target the young to, to help cross-subsidize um, uh, the, their, their portfolio. They're not, it's very difficult for them to reinsure, so, so they've got to be extremely careful. On our side, um, all I can tell you is that we, we, we believe that giving... Uh, 70% of, of some, you know, in most instances, we're we stating up front exactly what our benefits are. People know, and we can go back to that earlier slide, exactly what they're in for with day one. They know exactly how much we're paying. If at, an, at, at, at application phase we can see someone has potential for a medical aid in terms of they, they clearly are they've got a few chronic problems, we make that very clear to them that if something really happened, our benefits are not going to be enough. It's their decision at the end of the day. It's all they can afford. Um, so we don't consciously do it. We state it up front. And, and I have to put the argument back. Medical schemes um, have had to um, reduce benefits over the years. Um, which has given, created an opportunity for, for gap cover writers to pick up those gaps. Richard, if I may. Um, Thank you. If I just go back to your slide, maybe one or two slides back where you have that, that circle, yes. Um, is this model sort of saying that on that top left, the medical aid portion, uh, you're reimbursing those costs according to those categories, mostly primary care? Hmm. Um, and then insurance is managed on, on the other components. Mm. Um, and in this environment, effectively, the medical aides would be able to choose what benefits they could provide without having PMB restrictions. 
um, and choose how much they pay so there's no payment at cost issues. They could obviously set up networks and all that type of thing. Um, is that sort of this proposal? Well, it, it certainly, it, it's the way I see it. It would certainly be a better way than, than, than having patchwork regulation. Um, on, on the primary healthcare side, it, we, 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 we also hope that we will be given a managed care a license to be able to manage that network off, uh, or, or the members off our, our network. Um, and, and in that sense, we we, we also de-risking the scheme from a reserving point of view, because, um, but ultimately, this, this, the, the, the scheme, it's regulated and, 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 and will be responsible if, if we default on payment. But the, and, and for that, we, we will pay the scheme um, money on, on, on the hospital side, um, um, in, in, in discussions at, at National Treasury at a very high level not that long ago, only, only a few weeks back, um, it, it was maintained that, that actually now the rethink on, on demarcation and, uh, is that perhaps the hospital plan benefits as we bundle them are all right. Yeah. And Richard, maybe my last comment on that slide, open enrollment. So currently you sort of selectively picking who you want to sell to, um, obviously groups at, mm. in, at this point. So that would also then sort of apply in this model that ideally mm. you'd like no open enrollment. Correct. In other words, be able to selectively target a market and, and sell to them. Correct. I mean, if, if you're earning uh, below an income uh, the threshold you, and you can afford something, you must have that opportunity. Of, of joining the scheme and and uh, in our current environment we we promote affordable cover on our website when it comes to group schemes we we have in the past we're not necessarily doing it that much at the moment but we have in the past discounted between 15 and 20 percent um, it's largely the broker who takes the knock on that on that discount to be able to offer a group scheme rate to make it uh, a benefit where the scheme, where the, where the group is prepared to pay almost 100% uh, of, of the subsidy. Um, uh, yeah. Okay, thanks. Any Thank other questions? I was, sorry, Barry Charles, I, I was, wasn't sure because I didn't know where to start. Um, so, I guess, Richard, I mean, I, I, you know, conceptually we've been having this debate for mm. a long time, 20 years. Mm. And, you know, the, the regula regulatory landscape that evolved out of the discussion 20 years ago uh, put us where we are in terms of medical scheme regulation. Um, and it is what it is, and we've been, you know, if, uh, Roseanne will, I, I think, testify. She, she presents to the Portfolio Committee of Health about the actual death spiral that would ensue mm. Um, you know, over, uh, over whatever period um, as a result of the unbalanced regulations of only having the, the social protection mechanisms mm -hmm. and not the, the risk mitigation mechanisms. And it hasn't been a death spiral so much as a death trickle, um, but more and more evidence is now emerging and we find ourselves in the, in the situation that we are. Hence the pressure coming now to Council to come out with the LCBO kind of framework. Mm -hmm. So a couple of questions I'm interested to clarify. Um, first, the fact that you have a senior rate, number one. Number two, that you give group discounts means you have differential pricing, you have non-community rating, you don't have open enrollment. So you are able, with exemption from the council, as you said, which is very interesting, 
um, and perhaps Bresh, I want to ask a question for you on that later. Um, uh, about Because we spoke about the framework earlier, that there had been many applications and there wasn't this framework earlier, only now we're developing the framework. And so this is, I guess, the, the, the question. Um, will others be able to get this same kind of exemption? But we'll get to that um, in a minute or two. Um, so a group discounts uh, a different product for, for older folk. Um, so again, you, I guess the, the, the question is this different playing field. I mean, if medical schemes were allowed to operate on that basis, also the premiums could be different if we didn't have to pay PMBs. If correct. We have to, absolutely. Yeah, correct. We, absolutely. We wouldn't be here. Absolutely. Um, so, I, I mean, uh, I guess the, the and this is, this is, and I, I guess I'm coming across a bit bombastic and, and argumentative, but I'm very sympathetic um, for the fact that there are m millions of people that can't get cover um, at the moment, certainly not in the current medical scheme regulatory framework, and this is precisely why we're pursuing these kind of things. Um, and if the, the rise of products like yours and others are the pressure point um, for, for more progressive regulation, um, then I think that's a, that's a good thing, that we can all get to that, um, that stage. Um, the, some of the other points that Paresh raised earlier about being governed and being regulated, I mean, the council plays more role than, than just supporting the Medical Schemes Act. It also fields complaints. It also ensures compliance, etc. Sure. And, you know, regulating any kind of product in an exempted framework makes that much more difficult. Um, again, coming on the level playing field issue, I mean, in a for-profit environment like yourself, you can raise capital much easier. If you experience a loss, you know, you could raise capital in, in whichever mm. way is, is mm. the, the most cost efficient, whereas in a medical scheme, you know, that can only come through higher contribution increases going forward. And perhaps I want to round off my very generalized and scattered thoughts um, on the issue with this question, and I guess pressure's half-directed at you, and you don't have to answer, but maybe just to put it out there. If we're embarking on a, on a road where we are able to entertain an, a low-cost benefit option kind of framework with um, selective exemption from PMBs and other aspects of the act that you mentioned, um, and with the demarcation debate going on at the same time. Do we foresee that these products will exist in one place, regulated under one body, either the council or the FSB, or will there be dual regulation? And will people be able to choose, well, I've designed this product, but it fits, me, it fits into uh, either a health insurance regulated framework, or we could put it into a medical scheme environment, because I think that is going to cause some awkward arbitrage. Um, and we have to be, I think, very careful about allowing that kind of environment. Barry, if, if I can answer that, I think we've been after regulation for quite a long time now. And we are quite happy that the Council, um, and for that matter, the Financial Services Board, play a role in regulating us. Um, um, both have... have um, their own uh, um, perspectives. But the main thing is um, it's, it's about uh, adequate regulation so that the, the poor man in the street doesn't get ripped off. And, and uh, we do know there are rogue trailers um, in both medical insurance and the medical aid industry. Um, we're looking for the right regulation to ensure adequate compliance. But not too much regulation, because that will drive the price. Paresh, do you want to be on the spot, or...? I mean, touches to my question earlier about uh, if the demarcation is going to allow this to them, 
can the medical scheme operate on an equal playing field with them? Uh, and this is exactly mm -hmm. that same example. So I think it needs to be considered in that framework. At least this is a step in the right direction. It's a compromise on our side. We, we're happy to hand over the primary healthcare mem membership to a medical scheme um, and to succumb to those regulations. Um. Okay. Any last question? No? Okay. Thanks, Richard. It's uh, Thank great you. to have Thanks. someone and give a different perspective and potentially have some difficult questions. So.